welcome to More Like the Reentry Podcast, a podcast about offender reentry reform and advocacy. I'm your host, Vinkidia Gardner. On today's episode, it's going to sound a little different. And what I mean by different is that I'm the only person here today. There is no guest. So basically meaning I'm going to be leading today's conversation um, and discussion. And for today's topic, we're going to be talking about myths that are associated with returning citizens and reentry in general. And the information that I have gathered is coming straight from the North Carolina Community Action Association. They've outlined five myths myths that are often associated with uh, returning citizens and just the reentry process. And I think these are things that are very important to discuss and to be brought up as we know and as we've learned like throughout this podcast that people who are impacted by the justice system um, or people that have a felony conviction often are stigmatized. Um, there are a lot of misconceptions associated with having a felony conviction. Um, there's also just a lot of fear associated when they are returning back to society And we know that these misconceptions and these fears can cause us to not be as supportive or not be as understanding. Um, And one of the goals for More Life is to really debunk the myths that are often associated with these individuals um, and give better understanding so we can start enacting change in our communities and start providing more support. And that's one of the ways to do that is to talk about these things. say what they are and um, what the truth is about them. So with that being said, uh, we're going to be talking about five myths um, that are associated with reentry and um, returning citizens. So the first one that I really want to get into, which is one that I hear often, and that is once you are incarcerated, you will commit another crime. I think people automatically assume that just because a person has committed one crime, that they are going to commit another one or that they will continue to engage in criminal behavior. Um, And what we've seen in just like the research is that's actually not really true. Um, A lot of people that are convicted of other crimes or that are convicted of crimes rarely commit new ones after their release. A lot of the times when we see people that are being reincarcerated, um, it's due to some other instance, um, and it's not generally related to them being convicted of another crime. And the good thing is that over the years, we have seen that the number is decreasing of the the reconviction rate is uh, decreasing. And one way that we can continue to see that decrease is by providing community support and just fair opportunities that will allow for justice-involved individuals to come back into society um, and be prepared and have opportunity to be productive citizens. So that's the first one. And that was once you are incarcerated, you will commit another crime. The second myth is that incarceration means you've committed a crime. And I know Like, I feel like a lot of people think, yeah, that makes sense. Like, if you're incarcerated, you must have committed a crime. Um, You've done something to violate the law when sometimes that's not the case. Um, 
and many people may not believe this, but there are a lot of innocent people that are arrested and that are kept in jail until trial, um, until there, there are just a, there are a lot of reasons. Um, and whether we believe it or not, there are innocent people that are incarcerated today and, or there are innocent people that have been falsely accused of crimes and have been convicted of crimes that they did not commit and are incarcerated. So that's one thing for sure. Like, just because a person is incarcerated doesn't always mean that they committed a crime. They could be in there for one of those various reasons. Also, another thing that we as probably general public don't take into consideration is social inadequacies um, in the bail system. These inadequacies prevent people who come from low-income environments or um, are just in that low income bracket from being able to post bail. So a lot of times you have people who are incarcerated because they're unable, not unable, they're unable to post bail. And that's, that's what keeps them stuck behind there. And one thing that we know um. And one thing that we know is incarceration has a huge impact on the ability for someone to be able to transition successfully when they come out um, from prison or jail. And for these individuals that may not have actually committed a crime but are still incarcerated, they face many challenges. And we know that incarceration reduces the likelihood of someone being able to obtain a job or to secure housing even though despite the fact they were falsely accused or they were, if eventually they were found innocent of the charges, they still bear the burden of uh, incarceration or that history of being incarcerated. So that second myth that we just mentioned there was incarceration means you've committed a crime. So just remembering audience that that doesn't, that's not always true. There are innocent people that are arrested and incarcerated and that are serving time for things that they did not do. Um, the third myth that we will be outlining and discussing here is this idea that reentry is only successful if you find a job in housing by yourself. And I want to say that's not true. And I think just from our episodes that we have had so far, we can probably understand that that's not true. Um, first of all, just talking about what reentry is, and um, if you really want to know more about what reentry is, I encourage you to go back and listen to our episode that is called What is Reentry with Mr. Dwight. He does a really good job of really describing to us what reentry is and kind of what that process is. But in summary, reentry is this process of reintegrating back into society. Um, and it's a process that is filled with a lot of success and it's filled with a lot of failures. It's a very up and down, um, almost roller coaster type of process that people go through. Sometimes there are things that are 
very stressful and sometimes there are things that are very impactful and um, that make an individual feel successful. But what we have learned is it's not just finding a job and housing that is going to make an individual successful. There are a plethora of things that have to be considered um, and they vary case by case um, to what will make someone successful throughout their reentry process. And some of those things just include, you know, providing financial support, social support, mental health support, uh, substance use treatment. There are a large number of things out there that, and depending on the individual and their specific needs that are tied to them being able to transition and come reintegrate back into society that are not just them finding a job and not just them uh, securing housing. Um, because a lot of things, a lot of times there are some rooted things that need to be uh, addressed or um, figured out in order to even maintain a job, in order to even maintain housing. So I want to start there first well, with this one is saying that that's not true. There are a lot of things that should be considered. Um, and everybody's process looks very different. So. The fourth myth that I want to mention is that people who are just as involved, there's this idea that people who are just as involved are dangerous and uh, will endanger those around them. And uh, I want to say... First, that's not always true. Um, yes, I'm not negating the fact that some people are dangerous. Some people um, are a harm to the people that are around them. But I think that this myth is closely associated with these individuals because of the idea that they are or are or were incarcerated and I think that that's an unfair judgment as to to insinuate that these people are dangerous or these individuals are a danger to be around other people. I think that we all make decisions and not all of us make the best decisions. Um, and... Uh, but those decisions don't define who we are or, yeah, those decisions don't define who we are. And I think a lot of times we take this idea of, oh, this person has been incarcerated, so that's who they are. They're a violent person um, and they're a danger to society. When some people who return from prison were, were charged with nonviolent crimes and so they're they're not they don't seem to pose a danger to anybody. Um, and I think the idea is that for moving forward, we must adopt these let me say this, we must not believe that all returning citizens will endanger us because of their prior choices. Um, when we think about reentry, we have to think about change behavior for better life outcomes. And a lot of people, when they come out or are released, they are productive uh, people and they want to change and 
but sometimes circumstances are get in the way of things but that doesn't make them dangerous and that doesn't make them a danger to other people around them and I think that we have to extend the same opportunities to them for them to be able to excel in um, the societies or the communities that they're returning to and then lastly um, justice and the last one being myth number five, that returning citizens are not likely to make a difference in their community. And this is a really big one because when we think about community, community is anybody that lives there, whether they're just as involved or not. And we all have an impact on that community. And our goal for people who are leaving out of the carceral system is for them to have an improved and better life. Um, we don't want to restrict them of, you know, achievements, um, of opportunities or resources, because then we do limit the difference that they can make in those communities. And, and there's countless amounts of research out there that talks about how when there are weakened connections to communities, um, people are less likely or just as about people are less likely to be able to, you know, sustain that community support or even sustain those community relations, those community relationships because they don't have the strong enough bonds with that community um, to support themselves and to thrive there. Um, our goal is for them to, like I said, to create a better life for themselves. And we can't do that by limiting them or creating restrictions or uh, stigmatizing them. We want these individuals to be able to have stronger families, to be able to serve as mentors for you know, youth in that community or other adults who may be going through the same process. Um, we also want to be able for them to, to contribute to our economy. And there are a lot of examples of people who have involved, who have been involved in the carceral system or have been impacted by the justice system who have made positive contributions to their community, despite, you know, their history or their decisions in the past. Um, we've had um, a couple of guests on our show who are perfect examples. We had Mr. Harvey Galler, who is the founder of the STL Reentry Collective and positive contributions to the community of St. Louis to help other individuals that are also going through that process as well. Um, we had Mr. Jacob Bitters, who was also on our show as a resilient reentrant. The talking about his experience with the incarceration system, his motivations to change um, and his work and the support that he's gotten from the STL Reentry Collective. So I think it's a little, I think we shouldn't say that these individuals are not likely to make a difference in their community because a lot of times it's these individuals that are stepping up to be the mentors or stepping up in the movements um, to make change for others that are going through this process. So I think as a audience um, and as a host and just anybody out there, 
it's our responsibility to educate ourselves about, you know, justice involved individuals um, and find ways to advocate, advocate and support these individuals. So I encourage you all look around your communities to see what is out there that is supportive of, you know, reentry that is supportive of justice involved populations um, or, you know, just vulnerable groups of people who have been incarcerated. I really encourage you to become involved and to learn more. And I really thank you for tuning in today and listening to this episode here. And as always, if you enjoyed, please make sure you hit the subscribe button and follow us on Instagram. Thank you. Thank you.